Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Unloaded Podcast. Uh, it's Graham here and I'm joined by my co-host Mark. Uh, this is episode 11. Um, it is indeed. Not too bad. Not too bad. We're, we're sort of flowing again, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a milestone. I think we, we're coming up on a year since we've done our first one. I think it was duck shooting opening morning. We did it the night before opening morning. So we're... With 11 months, so we'll actually be at over 12 episodes. That's too long ago, I can't even remember duck shooting last year, so... I can remember it. Anyway, yeah, that's yeah. A whole, that's a whole other story for a whole other day. Well, it's coming um, up. May 5th. Is it 5th of May? Must be. It's 1st of May. For, oh, yeah. Something. Sometime it's in May. Saturday. Sometime in May. Um, for when Mark does his one day of duck shooting. Anyway, anyway, so, uh, again, episode 11. Uh, we've got a few topics for tonight, which we'll cover uh, after we sort of catch up. Uh, so that's going to be, um, we're sort of starting to play around with wanting to shoot out past a mile. So we're going to cover off um, what we're planning there. And we're also getting back into rimfire as um, summer ends and uh, or autumn turns to winter. So we'll talk a little bit about um, rimfire, using that as practice and, and, and why we're doing that. And also a little bit of pest control that goes along with rimfire. Um, but anyway, Mark, uh, how you been? It's been a two and a half odd weeks since our last podcast. We're a bit late getting this one recorded. Um, what have you been up to? Uh, just getting some stuff done on the budget build from Made of Mine. So we've scoped it up and tied it in, that sort of thing. So just with the um, Minox 3 to 15. So that's um, just been giving me a bit of a test run. So it's real accurate um, at this stage. And we're waiting on the scope, So which is an Element Optics Titan. Should he be here this week, and we'll have it going this weekend. So, um, other than that, I've just been putting a fair few rounds through my two D three. So, trying to get it. My theory was, if I kept firing it, eventually it would get more accurate. Yeah, <laughs> how's that going for you? <clears throat> um, it's steadily improved. Not really, until yesterday, yeah. well, the day before yesterday, when we tried a bit of different ammo. I tried a lot through it, and I haven't really tried enough of it. Um, so anyway, going away from 55 grain up to 75 grain, um, some PPU match line. Anyway, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it um, seemed to stick the group together. So um, I've ordered some more of that to try. So oh, you got some ordered? Yeah, I can get it for about 28 bucks a packet or something. So oh, nice. Well, yeah, like the, we shot some reasonably good groups um, straight off the bat. So, yeah. And five-shot groups too, not those, um, those yeah. standard three-shots that make you feel better. But um, one yeah, sm- that's, oh, one, that's cool. One small hiccup, I pulled out my some of my bulk buy of Hornady 55 grain, soft point. <laughs> and, oh, yes. um, yeah, it didn't really fire until about the fourth attempt on every round. So, which apparently is very hard primers or something, according to... My esteemed expert. Yeah, yeah. So we had the similar from from memory. We had similar issues back in the uh, the good old days of semi-automatics. Um, some of the bulk um, Hornaday two two three was rather hard to get to go off in a bolt gun. Yeah. Um, but again, it was a while ago now. And even just thinking about AR fifteens gets you on a watch list. So, but yeah, um, that's a shame because you've got a no. But the fioc- the Fiocchi, I've got heaps of that. Um, yeah, how much Hornaday? Do you, about five hundred rounds. Yes. <laughs> And only four some. have gone off. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway. If anyone's got a P license, Mark will do your deal. Yeah. On some ammo for your um, your P endorsement. Uh, no, uh, all seriousness, unfortunate. And the, um, you never know, we might be able to return it. I doubt it. But um, I Anyway, I've got a heap of PPU match line 75 grain hollow point boat tail ammo coming. So Nice. That should, um, it's, you know. It's not that expensive. Cause, for I mean, supposedly the, being match ammo, but yeah, the idea behind this sort of rifle for you was our in our long term sort of crossover gun project, yep. wasn't it? Hunt yep. class and, and 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 hunting. I mean, it's only two to three, but fast twist. Um, so it is good that you're starting to get a bit of uh, consistency with it. No, no, same old. It's sort of light gun, ten shot mags. Um, so it can, I can use it for pest control work because it's cheap to use. Just firing some of the Fiocchi 55 grain through it, it's fine, it's reasonably accurate, it's not great, 
and um, yeah, then for hunter class type events, going to the heavier rounds, and that should make overall cheaper shooting. Yeah, well, I mean, we shot. Um, we're sort of tangenting again, but I shot a, a house up of the day two with the two two three, and that was out to seven hundred odd meters, and it still performed excellent. Um, yeah. Albeit, if you missed your target, you could not see the splash at long range, so you really had to had to try and hit the target, which <coughs> is the point of all precision shooting, and it is. Um, That's right. But um, you know, going up against uh, sixes and six fives and three oh eights, you you are handicapped. But um, sorry, disabled. Twenty twenty one. Um, but uh, in the hunter class events where your, your, your distances are limited to around 350, possibly 400 metres, that 2 to 3, I think is a viable option. And super low recoil and cheek to feed, so there's definite advantages there. Um, and not just because me and you have been on a bit of a 2 to 3 frenzy for the last 4 or 5 months. But um, yeah, oh, that's cool. Anyway, um, so what else? Anything else before I talk about whatever I've been up to? Uh, no, we just sort of... Been talking after looking at the fabulous spotting scopes we had for the mile shoot about sorting one out with a reticle so mm-hmm. I end up settling on a, a Bushnell tactical one so it's just a straight through it's not not very big can't remember the name yep. of it anyway but it's got a mill reticle in it so and it's a 15 to 45 power yes and then the friend of ours who's run one for a couple of years and yeah. he rates it quite highly yeah, yeah. Um, and it's especially for those practical field events having that reticle is yeah or just our day-to-day um, shooting and my trigger stick the gym three the primos trigger stick for, that i use for a tripod for night shooting that's got an adapter so i can actually just mount it on that which makes it easy to cart around and you can use pull your trigger and adjust your direction or what you're looking at quite easily it's actually quite stable relatively yeah so so that sort of doesn't need a tripod sort of thing so i've already got one that i'm carting around with me so and it's small enough that it doesn't over over you know the um over stress the top of it because not exactly the most solid mount on top of them but mm-hmm and I guess also to you, um, being that you carry your trigger sticks quite often, uh, even for competitions, it's a quite a lightweight setup compared to say my big forty-two mil um, carbon tripod and a yeah. massive spotting scope on top of that. Um, well, that was, that was the other plus I thought when I looked at it and finally thought, oh well, um, is it the small, it's small enough that I carry it around in my you know sort of shooting backpack all the time? So the spotting scope, yeah, yeah. So it means yeah. I've always pretty much got it on me, so it's good. Yeah, that's not a bad that's not a bad thing. And um I I do notice the um the defence boys, they all run I mean, whether they've been um, acquired from the army, but they all run the smaller loophole mill dot uh spotting scopes. They don't run a big massive giant setup either and they're, they're sort of trained to move around and uh and be agile. So yeah, cool. It's 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 a cool piece of kit, we've already used them and um Mark might may even do a review for the upcoming website that is yeah. slowly being built, which would be cool. Um and as for me, what have I been doing? Uh, also, we one thing we won't dwell on it because we're trying to sort of not talk too much about competitions. We shot a uh, pre-raw hunters match about a fortnight ago, nearly a week and a half ago. Um, a GPRE is their pre-raw, um, so it's uh, think of a like a big event, just smaller. You know, like it's um, targets out to I think it was three sixty or something. Yeah, three forty uh, was maybe the furthest um, hunting firearms. Um, so. You know, I ran my Tekka 260 with a little um, Zeiss uh, optic. Uh, it is a dialable optic. Uh, now, I do have 10-round detachable mags because we shoot goats and cull things, so a little bit of advantage there for me. Um, you run your Sarko 260. Um, wicked event, uh, nice and small, went really fast. I think all the shooting was done in like two and a half, three hours. Um, yeah, great little event. So that, that, that tied up uh, not long after the, um, the last podcast and... Um, yeah, I think I managed uh, second equal with Ryan. Uh, you come in fifth or fourth? Yep, fifth. But, yep, so that's, that's not a bad result. Two uh, shots behind. Was, yep, it was, it was a tight. Uh, yeah, the top, the whole top five or six was quite tight actually. Um, Simon, oh, Simon was a few points ahead of me in first. Um, yeah, but anyway, as to be expected, he's a very good shooter. Um, another really cool event. Um, it was really sort of relaxed atmosphere, um, and it was good to shoot the hunter course with fire because generally in the main events we have that as an option for people, but we would shoot the um, the practical class. Um, 
yeah so that uh, big uh indy another great event and a lot of fun and a lot of good practice um no it's good out this raw. good to use that saka 260 because i haven't used it in a competition or anything so it was um yeah. an excellent excellent go and excellent scope so it's really it's nice to use yeah so you couldn't blame the the, the setup hey eh, mark it, it was shooting good eh? no it's fine that's good yeah um so yeah we shot that which is cool good to carry on with a good result for me um i'm slowly hopefully getting things <laughs> turned around when it comes to competition shooting mark's going backwards and i'm going forward no no I'm, is, uh... I'm holding at fourth or fifth oh that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> mark reckons he's peaked um so no, he's I talking did. about retiring and shutting down all events on his property so that'd be a shame no no um <clears throat> Yeah, well, so we shot that. As long as I can disqualify the people above me, I should be fine. Well, you, you technically can. Exactly. Um, you're just too nice. Um, so yeah, so we um, we shot that. It was a really good event. Uh, and then working on a few other little um, projects here and there. Uh, I've got one of the new Howa um, uh, 1100 rimfires in. Um, That's their new, um, I think it's their first um, offering of a rimfire. Uh, comes with a sort of krg styled um plastic stock a nice 90 degree pistol grip um 10 round mags um so i've been sent through this to sort of um demo i've got to write an article for a for a magazine and then um there'll be some precision based modifications done and it'll feature on uh the new website also um so it's come with a little nico stealing 3 to 12 a little suppressor and it's, it's essentially the package deal you buy from your local um sports shop uh and for now, I'm gonna I'm keeping it in the uh, the stock configuration, and we're doing a bunch of pest control with it. So I've started on this project, um, which is pretty fun so far. I'm um, going back to basics, um, using holdover, um, you know, and, and making a hundred meter shot challenging essentially. Um, so yep, so I've been sort of slaying magpies, hares, um, rabbits. I haven't managed any plovers yet or or possums, but so that's been happening. Uh, you'll see more of that on the um, various social media and then obviously a full review uh what else we've also been playing with our um some of our precision 22s not just this just on the precision. on the hower mm-hmm. yeah I, I wasn't initially enamored with it but um it's certainly um it's designed around a price point oh yeah they're not they're not a they're not an anchols you know what i mean but it's Accuracy just getting it's just getting used to it um mm. it's like Bolt 22s seem to always have a different <laughs> little fiddly thing with them, bolt-wise or what. I don't know. They, you know, yeah. They don't feel as um, uniform, I suppose, as a larger centerfire bolt gun. So that's all. That's it. Yeah, it's yeah. Getting used to it and the mag feed. Yeah. And it's a banana mag, but it sort of feeds straight in. So just a few little things. It's like getting used to it, isn't it? Really. So yeah, you you do have to pull the bolt fully rear. Mm. for it to eject so it won't eject until it's cleared out of the chamber and then it will flick out right at the rear so you've got to make sure you move the bolt um not aggressively just fully so you can't short stroke the gun or you will cause a uh, malfunction yeah um but as for ac- i mean i'm with the same the episode about the howers but it's um <laughs> accuracies uh as to be expected exceptional um just shooting some cci and a little bit of ely and um, haven't put any sk through it yet or anything but so far so good there um it, the bolt was a little bit gritty to start with but i've sort of just um ran it back and forth with a bit of oil and um and then i've put maybe 500 rounds through it now 400 rounds and um it certainly smoothed it out significantly um triggers just a standard how uh, the hs hacct hac hacked trigger whatever the how 1500 trigger is um that i run on most of my rigs so you can adjust it down um to be the same as your um centerfire how which is nice but yeah, anyway, more on that later. Um, we've got a bunch more shooting to do with it. I'm actually doing a post right now to put on social media. Um, other than that, we got the Tika 22 out. You had your Chris, and we were playing around, doing a bit of um, work on the, the Know Your Limits rack and a few other little odd stages we had set up up at your hut. Um, and so, as I said, we're going to talk more about two twos in a minute. But um, No, I like a stage that's timed from the first shot. It's quite... It's good fun. Time pressure on, so you you get to know where the crucial flaws in your gun are, I suppose, especially around, yeah. around reloading and, and feeding properly. Pre-planning your um, yeah. body movements yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, so other than that, that's just been doing that sort of thing. Uh, I'm working on a uh, another build 
very similar to what Mark's doing with uh, with his good friend um, for one of my mates, and similar but different style. Um, same, funny enough, we ended up with the same scopes and the same barreled actions, but um, different chassis and a few different things there. I can't um, believe you copied me. I know, I know. I guess because we buy all this stuff. I know, it was the other stuff. way around. <laughs> but um, and so yeah, we've, we've had a bunch of stuff coming in from Jeff at the gun rack. Um, he's been looking after us there, getting us a bunch of cool stuff sent down in a timely manner. Um, as per normal, Jeff um, always looks after us. Uh, anyway, so what, as I said, the main topics for tonight, we might as well uh, cover off first is our sort of um, our planned venture past 1600 metres. So we've had the 1600 metre pretty well set up for about, ooh, it'll be coming up a year now. Um, yeah, it's pretty much a year. Um, so we first shot it on May the 2nd, I can remember that because it's my birthday. Um, and we've shot it pretty consistently over the last year. Every once in a while, we've been having to play with it. You know, with the shot at it, at shot at it. Um, the three three eight, uh, right down back to three oh eight. You know, and um, even to the point we've had a competition hosted on it, as we talked about in our previous episode. Um, now, even with mild conditions and no um, pressure applied by competition, um, we're sort of getting pretty consistent on it for the most part. Um, so what we're wanting to do is shoot a bit further as we always do and we can't just be um, happy with what we're doing um, not saying we've got the mile perfect but um, in the pursuit of more fun and obviously more content um, Mark has sort of spied out a bit of land uh, the back of his property terrain suitable yeah terrain um, so obviously we've got to take into consideration here um, what direction we're shooting in how much backstop we've got uh etc right and uh yes yeah, so you want to talk about the area you've found uh over the back mate yeah so it's sort of shooting in the opposite direction but across from where we normally shoot um and across a large valley so it takes out a bit of the sort of terrain issues you might have had with updraft and stuff so but it gives us um targets and sites that are possible to do so you can do less than a mile, a mile, 1,800, two, maybe 2.2 two at a push in terms of distance. So kilometres I'm talking, and yeah, so 1,800 metres, 2K, um, as I said, even probably out to 2,200, um, yep. even longer. Yeah, so, and it gives a pretty flat, it's not up or down, it's a pretty flat shot across so yeah and access to the target zones is, is easy too so that's the other thing yes that's one thing we've learned over the years um is yeah you can being find out a drive there is uh, you uh, can find a long target but if you have to climb up a massive hill to put the flasher back on because it fell off it's not flash <clears throat> yeah so um so that's cool so we're going to be able to and also the the shoot position you can drive right up to um uh, to be honest, you get there in summer with a two-wheel drive. Uh, a four-wheel drive would be required in winter, as the tracks. It probably not even, but it's 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 easy to get to, um, and it's it got a lot of scope for us pushing a bit further and doing it safely with plenty of backstop, um, which is important. And um, we're not going to be it's sort of shooting at the backside of the farm, so we're not going to have to worry too much about stock and um, and that like we do with the, the the initial mile target. Not that they're generally an issue, but. Um, no, I'm pretty excited. So, so obviously you've already got your um your Ruger Precision 338 uh, rifle. Um, it's proving to be quite capable. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm imagining that's what you plan to push uh, the gauntlet with. Yeah, yeah. I've picked up some because um, I start reloading now, basically, because I'm chewing through some last of my ammo. So I've got the brass. The Pula Brass, and I've got some 285 grain ELD match projectiles, so I think we'll try them. Yep, bit, bit that's, more. that's what Carl's been using with great success in his. So. Yeah. 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 Um, obviously, swap the scope out for something with a bit more travel in it, so. And I think I've yep. calculated I can, can do two with holdover with the right scope, so without. 
Yeah, I, I actually did see, well, we talk about it, um, and we'll touch on it with, with what I'm shooting. Um, there's Valdada um, adjustable bases coming in now. Oh, yeah. That you can put in like 100 or 150 minutes into your base. Well, that'd solve that problem instantly. Mm. Anyway, anyway, we'll touch back on that, because um, the, the cartridge I want to shoot is a bit less able. So what you're going to... You're gonna handload the uh, the Lapua brass over the two eight five. That'll be a good option. That'll um yeah. That's good brass. It's a good projectile. Um, we'll just have to find a powder that's suitable that we can get our hands on. Yeah. Anyway, um, are we doing six five to a k two k? Ooh, we've done it to a mile with pretty good results actually, um, and that's getting a new barrel as we speak. Mm. Well, now you've said it, I guess. Oh. Yeah. Maybe the PRC. Yeah, PRC will do it. Well, six five will do it. Hmm. It's whether we can do it. So, <laughs> oh, um, so what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, I guess I, I had that load with the one hundred and thirty five grain Hornaday A tip in yep. my Bagara. That was pretty good. Like I was, I was getting not every hit, but sort of forty to fifty percent impacts at a mile with the six five Creedmoor and a bit of wind. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll definitely nudge at it. I've got a Howard. Um, six five Creedmoor here with a twenty six inch barrel, so it'll give us a little bit more velocity. So uh, we're talking. Um, what are we talking then? Choices are three three eight, three hundred Norma, three hundred PRC, three hundred Wood Mag, um, Simul Rim Mag. Yeah, we could do the Simul Rim Mag. Do you want me to modify your Simul Rim Mag? No one wants. There you go. That would work. It's got a. Yeah, we could use that as a Franken gun. Right. I'll, okay, so you send it to me. I'll spend about five grand on it. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I've actually, to be honest, I've got dies. I've got really good ADG brass. We could thread it, put a big muzzle brake on it, and just put a big scope on it. It'd be good. To Roughly. Go. Three, three, eight, three, three, eight edge. The tr trigger's a bag of shit on those, so. Yeah. Sorry, a bag of wieners, my everyone's favourite thing. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we could do we could do remake. We'll talk about that uh, off here and make a plan. Because mm. um, you've got to use that gun for something, otherwise it'll end up with um, tomatoes growing it up and up it in the garden at this rate. So it's probably your least favourite gun. Um, yeah, so... Okay, so for me, um, I'm trying to be a bit budget conscious here because I haven't got a lot of money at the moment because I, I don't want to work any overtime at work. I just want to go shooting. And um, putting a lot of my money into like trying to... Um, actually get components together for uh, to keep shooting the guns I've got. So what I've done is um, I've uh, sort of partnered up with the Gunrack and he's lent me um, so the Gunrack Gunrack.co.nz or the Gunrack on Facebook or, or, or Instagram. He's lent me uh, his three on a Win Mag. So that's a um, 26 inch barreled Howe 1500 and a MDT Elite Sniper System chassis. So very very cool chassis. Top quality as, as best you can get sort of thing. Um and now this gun has been shooting out to a mile most times he visits because he comes down and visits uh, Mark and I quite often and just will go to a bit of hunting and stay at night in the hut or something. So we know it shoots to a mile. Now, getting the 225 ELDM projectiles that he's using is a little bit difficult at the moment. So I'm going to go down either the A tip route with the 230 A tip or maybe the 230 Berger. Uh, but we'll see what I can get my hands on. Um, so because I'm trying to push the Win Mag, which is definitely not as capable as the 338 Lapua Magnum, out to the same distances, I'm going to try get as good of sort of the most high quality components I can get and try make this load as consistent as I can, uh, hence the sort of the, the want of the A-tips and the Burgers, and also they're not in um, super short supply at the moment, so that's another plus, um, just they cost a bit more. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've managed to get some Norma brass um, from my local gun shop. Again, none was in stock anywhere, and he happened to have some on the shelf, um, which is pretty awesome because, uh, again, the Winchester brass I had was just too inconsistent. So Norma, um, Norma brass is good because I really don't know a lot about it. Yeah, Norma brass is sort of known as, as good high-quality brass. I, I actually thought I had some stored away, but I, I think yeah. I may have given it to Jojo, so <laughs> I've had to get some more. Um, again, not cheap brass, but uh, Magnum Sports gave me a bit of a deal and, and they cut some of their profit off it, which is nice. Um, as for powder, for those of you who reload, I'm going to be using RL26 at this stage. Now, this stuff um, for Magnums is awesome. Uh, it gives you super good velocities. Um, it's just like the hardest shit in the world to get at the moment. So, 
Um, luckily, uh, a good friend of mine's got a reasonable stash of it, so he is. Uh, he said he'll he'll sort of um, trade me a bit. Um, I'm actually going to give him a, an old gun. I don't want anymore. So I've got a bit of RL26 coming my way. Oh, is that your six mil? Give... Your six mil Creedmoor? No, I'm not giving away my six mil Creedmoor. He <laughs> he'd chop the barrel down and shoot oh, at the bugger using right. hunting goats. No, no. So he, I've got a uh, six five fifty five. I modified. Uh, it was an old Mauser. Swedish Mauser, I sort of put it in a walnut stock and fluted the barrel and made it a bit nicer. But it's, it's it's just ended up in the back of the. It's actually in parts at the moment. It's in the back of the safe. Um, and he loves Mausers, so he can have it. Right. Anyway, so I'm going with the Arrow 26. Not sure on projectile yet, but we'll play around. Maybe get some of both. Um, but with this, with the goal of the same thing. Um, obviously, we'll get this load going. We'll true it out to a K. Then we'll work on the mile, 1800. Yeah. And then hopefully 2K. Um, I think it'll be quite a fun little project over the next few months, three, four months, trying to get this ammo as accurate as I can. And yeah. also, obviously, we're going, to, we're going to do the same for you with your Lapua. Um, and, yeah, see if we can consistently... I mean, obviously, and if the wind's crazy, we're going to probably try do this on days with more favourable weather. Um, but, yeah, I think it's achievable. Um and then once we've got the magnums on at that distance, then we maybe start playing with the 308 or something, but that's later on down the track. Does colder days generally help? Uh, you Well, the air's going to be thicker when it's colder, so you're going to need a little bit more elevation. Um, I have found, we, we were shooting the 308. I know, just, just a thing I, th- I haven't really thought of. Hot days... Well, New Zealand hot days. Um, I thought made things more inconsistent than a, a so it could give you cool inconsistencies attempt. with your loads. Yeah. definitely. Um, you know, higher some. Yeah, if you, yeah, most sitting out in the sun, it's going to heat up, and if it's a, a powder that's um, temperature sensitive, you know, you're going to get spikes. Guys, going you're going to get pressure, more pressure um, on your brass, etc. And so you could get a lot of inconsistencies there. I imagine, yeah, if we're sitting around like a 12 to 14 degree day i imagine i'm just spitballing because i've not shot this far before but i'd imagine it should play into our favor as long as it's consistent yeah um again is denser so we have to take that into account which we're going to have to anyway um as i was mentioning with 308 we're shooting it one evening and the temperature was dropping quite rapidly and it was um my shots were dropping extremely quick with every few degrees in um, temperature change if we didn't keep an eye on the temperature dropping and adjust the elevation to suit um we were just going below the target and then another minute below the target um so there's that to take into account um but the one good thing is the direction of the um orientation to the sun in the afternoons we're going to have the sun on the on the um uh, the backstop so uh, that can yes. be quite good for spotting your shots is having that sun glowing into the uh into the dirt um as we've found yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, whether we get there as, as, as confidently, <clears throat> with the confidence that I have now, um, is, is to be to be uh, to be seen. But uh, and then yeah, maybe like you say, if if we do it and it's fun and we want to go further, then I might look at. So I'm gonna have to get my own rifle. But like you said, um, 300 Norma Mag has been impressing me lately. Um, and then you've got the cheaper 30 cal projectiles also. Um, One sparrow doesn't you, make a summer, Graham. Come on, no, just because just someone had a bit of luck with it. <laughs> <laughs> it was all the gun. It's all the gun. It's the caliber that's going to make us shoot a lot. Right. No, no, but um, if, if I'm going to get something custom done, like as in a custom barrel, uh, I'm not going to be sticking with like 300 win mag or similar rim mag. I'd be going up a bit, um, yeah, ballistically up a, a, little, a little bit. Um, like Scotty's 338 Edge, that thing's pretty impressive. Um, and you can you can build that off those, um, I said more remake uh, action, couldn't you? So yeah, um, but yeah, so something along those lines in the future. But at this stage, for the next several months, it's going to be three hundred win mag, and uh, yeah. So watch this space, the podcast, the uh, the Facebook page. And, um, yeah, if you didn't hear anything about it again, it means because we've failed miserably and it's not worth talking about. But um, no doubt we'll get something going. And if not, we can't do it. We'll just um, okay. support some better shooters. So then. Up back to things we need so in general we're going to need some sort of quite large cant on the moa front 
So, so. generally, I think there's nothing, yeah, as I said, with a big tube Veldata scope on the 338, I think I could do it with holdover for TKs, so, but with, um, for most other, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know, it's just, and that's, I think it's, it's a 30mOA rail anyway, I'm pretty sure, on those. <clears throat> on be- your 338? Yeah, to begin with. Okay, I'm just sending you a link during the podcast. Um, this is, there's a Valdata rail available here in New Zealand now um, from our friends at Arlington. Well, what I'm asking so is, you- what, what are you going to do on your rifle? I mean, the, the one you're borrowing, are you just going to... Uh, I'm either going to go with a second focal plane scope that I can dial the reticle back. Oh, okay. Uh, that gives me the issue of having not a lot of magnification. And being that I'm quite blind, I like to have <laughs> magnification. Um, so, but... Point it in the general I, direction. Yeah, so what I would like to do is... So, you see overseas, they get all the Charlie tracks and they get the Night Force Wedge and all these things. And we don't get a lot of those options here in New Zealand and they are expensive, right? But the, and when it comes to the um, minutes that you can add to your base, um, we don't get a lot of those options either. So, Arlington Arms is bringing in the Valdada Ram 200 uh, and you can um, adjust it up and then clamp it into position and it'll i think it does here you go i'm literally looking at it uh 50 minutes 100 minutes 150 or 200 minutes so it can give you a lot of um physical elevation obviously as you raise the minutes of angle in your rail it lifts the rear of the scope higher so you'll need a um, way of getting a good cheek weld to look through it and then also if you have a big suppressor or something you're going to be struggling because you look through your barrel so with using these um elevation adders they actually raise your scope up about an, an inch three quarters of an inch regardless so you're, you're gaining a bit of height so hopefully you can clear your barrel um with your vision but yeah so this is probably something we might play with i might talk to uh the guys at arlington arms and this way i can run whatever scope i want really and i'll zero it at 100 meters and then i'll say put on 100 minutes i will then do a tall target test at 100 meters so I'll shoot at a target and my impact should be, you know, 100 inches high or whatever that, 100 point, 101 inches, whatever it works out to be. 100 minutes high. So we know, yep, at that setting, it's all clamped in. We're shooting 100 minutes and then I'll add the extra elevation directly into my um, my turret on my scope. Is the way I'm thinking I'll do it. Um, yeah. yeah and, that, and that's the way I, I, I see, especially like, so 3 and one mag, it's not going to be, too bad it's still a lot of elevation but the 6.5 Creedmoor um, it's you know it's it's going to be a hell of a lot again and then the 308 is going to be freaking yeah I've just done the, redone the figures it's 113 MOA for my 338 338 mm. yeah so that's so like yeah yeah um, so it's going to be it's going to be not a simple shot um, it's 40 more than what I can get now <laughs> out of the <clears throat> NX8 so so roughly for the roughly for the 65 Creedmoor just with like a um a 230 6 grain TRG ammo it's going to be 38 MRAD or about 130 something um, minutes of angle so okay um, yeah 100 yeah so it's a lot so if we could put 100 minutes on the base and, and you could just about- up 30 you can just about run after the bullet and photograph it at that range. <laughs> no, it'd still be going fast. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's again, we're just sort of playing with ideas at the moment and we, and we haven't got anything set in stone, but um, we should be able to make it happen anyway. That's where I'm going with it. Oh, I'm guessing I'm going to be able to pick up all the projectiles we've fired and reload them. Well, we do that at the mile already. Yeah. Um, there's a few over there, from, especially from about a month ago, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and now, whether we talked a little bit, whether in the future, if there's... Um, uh, competitors who want to potentially shoot something like this in a combat combat a um, competitive format uh, there is scope there for that too it's um yeah it's, it's, it's quite well set up now i don't think the north island's ready for a one mile to 2k thing yet especially not as a standalone event um considering the sort of uh amount of impacts we had at the one mile let alone the 1k uh, but I, maybe in a, a year, two years, uh, if we're still legally allowed to shoot on private property because of, you know, um, safety. Um, yeah, uh, there is scope in the future for that too if, if the 
if the if the guys build the guns, we could potentially set it up anyway. Um, yeah, so that about covers any any other thoughts on uh, shooting a long way, Mark? Fifty BMG. Well, yeah, if you buy one, I'll buy the press and I'll load the ammo. Okay, done. Deal. Um, and then we'll put a red dot on it. <laughs> the might loophole RDS be perfect the, the, the best the best worst red dot site you've ever had yeah yeah um, I think the recall would would wreck it which would make my life a lot happier if it just broke yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes anyway anyway um, let's not bag Leopold because um, half of New Zealand will try to hunt us down and kill us true um, so and then so that covers about that so that's that's all happening in the background you'll see more in the future as we get through it now what we are getting back into at the moment one, no, one last thing one last thing me target would be better with a a large massive steel plate backstop no that's painted no i think we'd be better off with dust okay two two reasons three reasons because i know you want to put an old fridge over there because you're fucking i was thinking something bigger well, I like, like shooting at white wear. Fridges. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, once we, anyway, but your obsession with white wear as targets is um, rather South Carolina. But anyway, um, so cost, I mean, buying a piece of steel, it'll only be lightweight steel, but it's a lot of steel. Then we've got, big, yeah, it's just a lot of shit to set up. Uh, but the dust is good, especially in good conditions. Um, mm. uh, I quite enjoy the dust. And then if we abandon the position and then the, prickles in the grass just take it back over um less shit lying around hey yeah but yeah um I've, I've, one thing i haven't decided and i'll go talk to you about is what t- size target we set so we run a um a 20 a 600 millimeter square at the mile um which is a not a tiny target but also not a um, big target uh I'm wondering if we just use the other, the old one mile target, which is uh, probably about a meter by a meter, maybe, maybe 800 by a meter. Yeah, but it's, it's big enough and light enough to see it move. So, yes, and we'll just hang it a bit differently on two straps so it doesn't twist in the wind. But yeah. anyway, that's what I'm thinking, um, and it's easy to get over there, and we've already got it. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so that's that's it. Neither here nor there for this podcast. So, as I mentioned at the start, it's all of the part podcast, of the, all part of the technical aspects. <laughs> yeah, um, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, what I've been up to and also what we're sort of getting back into is our rimfire shooting. So, uh, winter traditionally for us has been when the rimfire events are, so sort of winter and spring. Um, now we're sort of getting to the point where there's that many precision events, um, they sort of carry on through the year, which is cool because we get to shoot a lot. Um, but so obviously, we're going to get back into sort of rimfire mode for sort of, I think it's, um, it's 12th of june i think it's the first event so, so coming up pretty quick but also uh ammo is hard to get right 6.5 creedmoor is um a hot commodity uh, powder and projectiles to load is, is the same thing so we've got to be sort of conscious on how much of our match ammo we're we're using through the week whereas it never used to issue because you just go and buy more um so idea being uh so for practice um so we know we can shoot long range okay but where a lot of our um, shortcomings is in um, both positional and positional supported shooting. So, you know, shooting off a sling and no bipod and that sort of thing, and then also off barricades, um, be it uh, trees or um, man-made prop or something. So the idea being um, using paper at 100 metres or, or similar, um, actually shooting off um, barricades or trees and and really practicing, practicing sorry, how you're getting into position um, how you're using sort of bone support and all this so that's definitely my idea that oh, sorry not my idea that's my um no you thought of it it's i think yeah, i invented it no yeah. that's that's sort of where i'm heading for the last wee while anyway and, and leading up to uh we've got a shoot coming up in the south island at the end of may um so just as a way of practicing and um you know trigger control your know, 22's got incredibly slow lock time and when i say lock time i mean when you pull the trigger that time between that trigger um breaking and the bullet leaving the barrel it's incredibly slow compared to a centerfire rifle so that trigger control is really important um, but also building positions and and all of this and um this sort of ties in with the uh this is called the rifle craft challenge it's been um, sort of pretty popular 
in the precision world for the last few months. Um, so Google that if you want to. So you shoot at a, um, a target at 100 meters and you sort of record your data and um, from different positions that are sort of uh, given to you and uh, try find the holes in your shooting essentially and, and work on certain aspects to try and improve your uh, your score on the target and then hopefully when it comes to an event or hunting or, or whatever situation uh, you can take a better shot um, so I'm shooting at the moment so my main precision 22 is a Tika T1X uh, with a few goodies thrown at it what are you sh what's your you've got two what are your two setups there mate um, the Ruger precision rimfire mm -hmm. yep and um the Chris Defiance. So we were talking on the weekend. You you were even thinking of heading back towards the semi-automatic for competition use. Yeah, that's not a. I we again we we we've already pre-talked about this, but we talked about the fact that um, with the semi and and I was playing with it also. Uh, you can find yourself rushing due to the fact that you can shoot so rapidly. <laughs> You know, because we're, we're shooting the <clears throat> Yes, I noticed that on that, that three-shot stage where you just emptied 10 rounds. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Because of frustration. Just, and... You end up just dumping rounds. And, um, <laughs> so I think I think a big thing with the... So you move from trigger control to mind control, Graham. Well, yes. So a big thing in my concentration and precision shooting lately is, um, uh, is getting my head squared away right and having the right mindset going into a stage and, and not beating myself up when i do bad and etc um but that slowing down and and taking your time and breathing and and and, and so say your bullet it falls to the left okay why did it fall to the left um, regardless of wind or whatever am i doing something am i my natural point of aims off or my trigger control is bad i'm slapping the trigger but with a semi, we do slap the trigger because it's all we used to do, and you just shoot as fast as we, we could with our ARs. But, yeah. Um, you know, you maybe, I think you have to concentrate more using the semi on just calming down, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I've know. got a, a bit of testing. I've got to try between the two, but the fact that I don't have to worry about um, obviously reloading between shots. There's some advantage. The trade-off is the trigger sucks compared to. Yes, the trigger is nowhere near as good. No. I'm assuming. No. Um, and, and <clears> I it's don't not bad. Them. It's not bad. It's not great. No. Yeah. I, I wonder if they do upgrade kits for them. Yeah. Anyway, but, but it's, but it's, it's, you it's can. very usable. You can. Yeah, no, they definitely do because people do use them as comp guns. So there's upgrades available. So. Okay. Maybe we should harass um, the guys at Tactical Imports. Then. Yes. Hook us up. Hook us up, Hamish, if you're listening. We need a new trigger. Look, Chris. Uh, anyway, um, no, what was I getting at? But yeah, so I think uh, I actually, I'm actually quite keen for you to run the semi-automatic, not just because I think I've got more of a chance of beating you if you run a semi-automatic. Um, it's just to see if it. Can hold be... on, hold on. This is a theme here. You always recommend things, and, <laughs> and then you do just, bad. Just, just to hamstring me. <clears throat> yeah, well, you started, you started beating me, staggering so. away. Yeah, Mark, go use the semi. You'll be heaps use better. Use the 30-30, Mark. It'll be great. <laughs> In, in a, a precision comp no um but i i i was always under the um uh i always wanted to use a precise ar-15 style platform and precision shooting yeah pre-2019 terror attacks so i always i built a, a one and eight twist two to three but i never uh i didn't know what i was doing back then is how i'm going to simply put it but i always thought a 308 or a 65 creed more or or now i think a, a fast twist um two to three would be an excellent platform for practical rifle shooting if it was reliable so all i need is minute of angle accuracy yeah but i need ultra reliable feeding like you do with a bolt gun for them for most of them um uh, i've never now talking to simon over the years that that was always the hampering of the semis they should they theoretically have a big advantage but they never ran right the ones we've seen anyway but um obviously those hopes are dashed um being that that is now highly illegal to do but the rimfire um, I think there definitely could be some advantages in semi-automatic. Again, a good platform like the Chris, accurate, uh, the mags feed well. Um, yeah, love the mags. Mags are excellent. They're not they're not finicky. They insert in traditional AR style. It's easy to AR load. style controls. Yeah. Yep, easy to load. Cheap mags. Were they sixty bucks a pop? And everyone who's tried that gun loves the controls. So it's just you know, 
And, uh, yeah, so if you've, if you've shot an AR-15, that, that's the exact controls. So Correct. The cookie-cutter AR-15 controls. Um, yeah, I think if you yeah put a different scope on it, maybe your, your little SIG or, um, or, or something, that's going to be a deadly little combo. Now, Scotty Gulliver's been running one for a few years in the Hunter class with pretty good results. Um, yes. Except white, maybe last time. White Lightning. White, the White Lightning, yeah. He's got the Stormtrooper gun. So he bought one of the initial ones that come in uh, ooh, four or five years ago. Um, it's been great. He loves it. And um, and now you've got the cool green one. So I'll actually put a picture of yours up on the podcast page so people can see what we're talking about. Yeah. Some people may not even remember what an AR-15 looks like. Um, but yeah, so now I, I, I think you should run it. Um, again, no peer pressure because you will Just run it. Just remind you, it's not, it's not an AR-15 though. So. No, no, no. It's a Can't be turned 20. into one. Yes. No, it cannot be turned into one. No, no, it is 100% compliant with yeah. the ever-changing rules we have in New Zealand. Correct. Um, so an AR-15 style 22. But yes, so different trigger pack. You can't put an upper on it. I mean, on that, there's a fair few on the market now. I have to do a bit of a look through on them. It's quite interesting. Anyway, I think for, we, for another be, day. That could be something we explore in the future. Maybe I'll buy something a bit different. And uh, I did want to get a Chris. Could even um, CZ. CZ puts out a yep. more tactical looking machine. There's another one I've seen in Magnum Sports. It's another Eastern European. I can't remember the name. Yeah. Very heavy. Yeah. Uh, it's like a steel, uh, so no plastic, um, about 1500 bucks. Similar thing, uh, you know, like a submachine gun looking thing. Um, well, that's the thing. They're all in. They're all in a range of um, just under a thousand to probably not nothing really. It's above seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred. So yeah, and most of them, most of them are twelve hundred bucks. <clears throat> I think for me right now, because you've got the Chris, mm. um, that model, I'd probably like the Victor. Um, <laughs> just because I, I think it's quite cool. <laughs> that's the main thing. I just think it's cool, right? And I yeah, would want to buy forty-five. <laughs> The strangest looking gun at the comp, yes. Yeah. Oh, see, it'd be really hard for me to get away from the bolt action at the competition. No, yes. Like that Tika runs smooth, as smooth could be. So, um, well, yeah. I do want to change the chassis on it, but that's a that's a whole other pile of worms I don't need to go into right now. But, but yeah, I, hey, I think it'll be cool. Um, different scope. You've got the mags. Uh, takes a bipod. Um, yep. Yeah should be fun um so we are looking at some point doing a 22 match ourselves uh, it's just trying to squeeze it in with hunting seasons and other matches i was wanting to possibly do it in a month or so but do it looking at no looking at the calendar it's not going to work Damn we've it. got nah because yeah so anzac weekend's cooked right and then the next weekend is duck opening oh yeah so that's it's fucked the whole end of easter uh, april that's the next weekend. It's <laughs> yeah, right. No pressure. <clears throat> um, no. So at, at speed organised speed comp. Yeah. So at this stage, again, if those listening, it'll be a smaller competition. This ain't going to be one of our big, massive national level comps. If people want to drive to it, they can. Twenty odd shooters, man, and I want to shoot it myself also. Um, so I'm thinking in a similar vein to how um, Simon ran the uh, pre-raw shoot. Uh, it'll be six or eight stages, but it's the idea is that it's it's field orientated rather than prop orientated. So, off the sides of hills, you're going to be laying in holes in the ground uh, in the scrub, bit of positional. Gross. Um, I'm getting some <laughs> gross. I'm getting some actual because um, it's field shoot, right? We field hunt. And Can I bring a shooting mat? Sure. <laughs> um, I'm getting some rabbits and um, magpies cut out of uh, out of some plate. Just rim fire only. Um, so you've gone away from tying them to a stick the magpies well I ran out of magpies pretty quick true um, yeah so uh, <laughs> um, yeah just something just maybe to tie in with that field thing and there'll be like some just, just so you know we, we haven't done that so yeah. no SPCA <clears throat> I, um, I've even volunteered for SPCA so don't come at me with uh, yeah, yeah. claws out yeah um, yeah so that's something we, we, we're looking at doing because um, as for in the North Island we've only got really two at the moment two major um, rimfire matches both of them gpre events and uh, take up fantastic shoots we go to everyone religiously but i thought it'd be cool to add in a field event I, again i don't imagine it being big taranaki's a little bit out of the way and i don't think people are going to travel here just for a um, small rimfire precision shoot but if we can have 20 odd people 15 people even i don't care yeah um, well it's enough it's enough on events Graham. come on yeah anyway so that, that's going to happen and then other than that um 
I think that wraps up most of what we wanted to talk about. Mark told me off for talking about my shoot I want to do. But thanks, Mark. No, that's about it. Um, just keen for any feedback from our 18 listeners. If, yes. you, if you haven't fallen asleep by the end um, of 50 minutes, <clears throat> any ideas or topics, let us know. Yep, yep. Can, we're always open to ideas, podcasts, and yeah, questions. And feedback is the breakfast of champions. Is it? Unless it's negative, and then you just don't. Yeah, don't. we don't want your negative. We don't want <laughs> negative feedback. And if you stop moaning about the noise, we're trying to work on it. We're not good at this stuff, but we're getting there. We think. I think it's better now. Us. Well, I've got my mic position better. And yeah, it's um, we've got volume. good gear. We just don't know how to use it. I've, I'm sitting in front of like. I've given up on the conspiracy that Graham's trying to sabotage me by dropping my volume. <laughs> <laughs> we're co-hosts. I'm sorry, not a. Uh, oh yeah. Co-hosts. Sidekick. Eagle. Sidekick. Eagle. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, no, so yeah, give us some feedback um, or any topics you want to hear. Now, we are heading off on a hunt this weekend, um, so maybe the next podcast may be about hunting. Or All right, just as a footnote then, what are, <clears throat> what, are you, what are you taking to dispatch these animals, Graham? I'm going to take your 450 Bushmaster. Ah, oh, so you want to yeah. borrow it? Well, I don't know, we can just swap around. What, are you, what was your plan, cartridge-wise? I assume you're taking what you're going to take to the raw. Yeah, I was probably going to go the 260. Ooh. Are you going to take 260 on reds? Yeah, that's not bad. Oh, 300. Well, I'm not going to take a 300 with mag to um, <coughs> reduce the weight of a fellow deer to half. Am I? <laughs> I shot the 300 PRC last time and it was pretty destructive. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, um, actually, I want to shoot your 300. Um, Win mag. All right, I'll bring that. Pictures of it. No, no, we can do it another time. Don't really, have you got good dope on it? Yeah, it's got a. It's actually um, an inch dial, so it's got yards. Oh. Rather than okay. MOA, so it's actually well, um, it's set up for 180 grain SSTs. Because what I was thinking, this and we'll go over this in the next podcast. What yep. we actually do, but I think if we carry a what short actually range, happened. Yeah, a short range setup and a long range setup. <laughs> so three three hundred. Um, Porter, one, hand me my. <laughs> 450, <clears throat> bush, 450 Bushmaster for the Is Leon okay shots. carrying all his rifles for us? Yeah, that's why I've invited him Oh, fair enough property. Good work <laughs> um, no, no, one each, I mean um, Yeah, yeah And then, yeah So what I'll bring of my own is I'll bring my 260 uh-huh. Right, kind of two 260s in we, If you want, you can take my 260 to the raw So you don't scratch your carbon light so I don't have a carbon light what is it? A, um, no, it is, maybe. It is a cabin like you. Yeah, know. right. This is just... Anyway, anyway, we're, we're rambling. This should be off-podcast stuff. Right. Not so much podcast. So um, I guess that wraps it up. Any final thoughts from you, Mark? No, we shall come back in a couple of weeks and see how we went, Re- if the freezer is full or not. We're, we're aiming for 10 deer between the two of us. I might haven't told Mark this yet, but that's the plan. Yeah. Yep. Well, anyway. <clears throat> with, the, with the footnote that, that there's so many basically if you get up in the morning and look out the door you'll probably shoot one so yes this is this is culling it's less so than hardcore hunting anyway um i think that's it uh thank you all for listening to episode 11 of the precision unloaded podcast um everyone stay safe rules coming up don't be stupid and um you know more shooting less excuses righto